Bienvenido a AutoZone, donde siempre encuentras ayuda. ¿Tu auto no arranca? No te preocupes. Empecemos con probar tu batería gratis. Puede que solo necesites una recarga y también te ayudamos con eso. Si necesitas reemplazarla, estás en el lugar correcto porque tenemos opciones desde $79.99. En el destino número uno para baterías, tenemos la solución. Basado en datos del Entity Group Incorporated. Carter Track 12 meses finalizando en diciembre del 2019. gentlemen celebrating five years as a podcaster introducing nate the great It's going to be positively abysmal, and we'll talk about why in just a bit. Welcome to the Game Changer Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am Nate the Effing Great, the paladin of positivity, and I'm positive that we are not going to enjoy this show that we are reviewing this week. But I'm being joined here by the positivity from all of Canada, the one, the only, the grandmaster of maple syrup, Mr. Fretz. Hello, I'm Mr. Fretz, and I am here to share with you one universal truth, and that's WWF stands for... Walk with Fretz! I said WWF stands for... Walk with the Fretz! That's right, yes. Uh, As you can tell, I am thrilled that my boy Elias has been drafted to Monday Night Raw, and the Thunderdome which I'm going to try and get in for Rob next week because they will be blessed with an Elias concert. Something I've been waiting for since the day the Thunderdome was announced. And I kind of like how they brought it back, (laughs) you know, that storyline with Jeff Hardy uh, and whatnot. But yeah, (laughs) it is, it is me. It is me. It is Mr. F R E T Z and, Oh, man, uh, we're in for a good one tonight, aren't we, brother? Oh, How are you? Boy. I am doing pretty good, man. It is one of those shows that, in all honesty, we both admitted that we probably want to listen to a review because at least with that, we're getting some sort of entertainment out of it. And uh, shout out to our good pr- to our friends over at OSW Reviews. You guys deserve so much credit for, listen- for watching this show. Um, 
yeah, we're going to be reviewing Slamboree 2000, ladies and gentlemen. But before we go into that, let's try to at least start with some positive things that are happening in the life right now. And first of all, one major po- positive is that I wanted to give a nice shout out to one of the co-hosts, former co-hosts of the Game Changer podcast, Tori. She is going to be celebrating her birthday this week. So happy birthday to you, Victory Bell. Miss you. Hopefully we can get you back on the show sooner rather than later. Happy birthday, Tori. I uh, don't think I've ever had the pleasure of meeting you, but I have tuned into a few of like your Oscar streams that you that you did with her, and uh, she's a sweetheart. So, Tori, hello. Happy birthday. God bless you. Hope you're well. Well, on camera, she's a sweetheart, but then when the camera goes off, she decides to go, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going to spread rumors, and I'm not going to spread conspiracy theories like, you know, a certain ladies and gentlemen does whenever he does interviews, because... That would just be mean, and I'm pretty sure I'd be on the block list. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, come on, you, you don't want to be on there. Yeah, it's positives, positives. We had the draft this week, and a lot of wrestlers have found new homes that were quite necessary. You know, Aleister Black gone to SmackDown, Seth Rollins has gone to SmackDown, but unfortunately for Seth, the Mysterio family has followed him, so... We're not seeing the end of this, but did Buddy go to SmackDown too? He did. Where's he on Raw? He's in SmackDown. Oh, God. That means we're going to get Buddy and Aaliyah. Oh, well. Uh, you know, to each their own, whatever. I'm not going to dig into the age gap thing, but yeah. And Raw has The Fiend and Alexa Bliss and Ke- Kevin, o- Kevin Owens is on Raw, I think. I believe they do. And they also have the new. World Tag Team Champions of Raw, The New Day, while SmackDown gets to pick up the smoke that is the Street Profits. And honestly, I was wondering how they were going to do that. I thought, okay, if this was back in like 2004, I would see, you know, the World Tag Team title switching over to SmackDown and the WWE Tag Team Champions switching over to Raw. That would be interesting. Uh... In this case, no. They just said, no, Raw and SmackDown titles are staying there. What's the easiest way to do it? Switch the belts. And I'm thinking, okay, this is uh, kind of nice, but also very underwhelming. Yeah, Street Profits, hey, they got the Triple Crown now. NXT, Raw, and SmackDown, so... Uh, yeah, but you you broke up the friggin' New Day. You broke up Heavy heavy Machinery, I'm less... I, I, don't really care about you know because I think Otis is about to lose his Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, he's going to go down the way of Damian Sandow or Mr. Kennedy uh, just without the wellness um, test. As boy. painful as that is, you know, to say that to a Wisconsinite there or <laughs> you however no you idea. say Wisconsin's, yeah. Uh, sorry, J Bone, as uh, for that as well. <laughs> yeah, shout out to J Bone from Smash This Podcast, and before. I forget. I want to give a, also a shout-out from another person who's a former member of Wrestle Attic Radio. DFDC, Jeff Pamacchio, has, hey. has brought back Not Your Mama's Soap Opera, Act 2. Got to listen to some of that at work, and it felt like old times. So a uh, shout-out to DFDC, everyone on the Brant Foundation, and, of course, our good friends on Wrestle Attic Radio. Give them some love as well, uh, the rest of the draft, I am drawing up blank. You know, no one from NXT came up. There's rumor and innuendo about Andrade being sent back down to NXT, which uh, joined the Legal Del Fantasma. 
please, because that would uh, that would just complete the package. That would be one heck of a stable. Uh, El Hijo, uh, I can't think of his. Oh gosh, what's the cruiserweight champion's name? Um, uh, Santos Escobar. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I, I still yeah. call him King Cuerno. <laughs> I, I, I I still call him like. Uh, Andrade Del Rio or something like that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, and by the way, F Del Rio, he might be getting put away in jail for a long time. And rightfully so, that piece of garbage. Yep. We had all these supplemental drafts. The Riot Squad's going to SmackDown, which I'm pumped to see. But going back to the tag team titles, for the love of everything holy, unify them, please. There's not enough tag teams to go around on either brand. And after you split them up, it's. I hope you're doing a lot of makeshift teams like Ziggler and Rude, or that, God forbid, you give the tag team titles to Retribution for a spell, and mm. Ali the U.S. title while we're at it. And why didn't Ali get to explain himself on Raw? That just got swept under the rug. Uh, yeah, it's just been a crazy week. I haven't watched too much wrestling. You know, NXT and Dynamite aired as we record this, but I literally just got home from work, so... Yeah, I got to catch up on both NXT as well as Dynamite. Um, although I did get a chance to watch some classic Cody stuff, including his savage moments on <laughs> on the independent scene as well as ROH, where he's basically just cutting a promo, and there's this one guy who just screams from the crowd, Where's your sexy-ass wife? <laughs> and Cody just turns around, just starts screaming, Who said that? Security, get him out of here. You want to see Brandy? You want to see Brandy? You don't deserve to see Brandy. It's like, oh, God. I love Cody. <laughs> just Cody as a heel is amazing. Just more of that. I'm waiting for the day that they decide to turn Cody heel in AEW because that is going to be awesome. I mean, I'm hoping that we get, you know, a heel turn with Hangman because I think you could probably use it, although I'm not against the idea of bringing back the cleaner for AEW. But I've actually also heard rumors that we're getting pretty close to possibly seeing a partnership between AEW and New Japan. Fritz, thoughts uh, on this? Oh, I am I'm all for it. And immediately, the first thing that came to mind is, I want Miro versus Ishii. I want that match. Those two big lads just slapping the crap out of each other. I'm a sucker for that. Like, Braun versus uh, Baba Tunde... I want more of that outside of the underground. Like Braun versus Keith Lee, there's a feud we're getting on Raw. Just, oh man, I'm, I'm, sal- I'm salivating at that. You know, beef. You know, big sweaty men with King Ross. Uh, shout out to Ross Twiddell. You know, he's on leave from Cultaholic for mental health stuff. So mm. shout out to King Ross, who won't hear this, but he deserves our respect and praise because he's awesome. Yeah, uh, then I, we can get. We can even get another Okada Omega, possibly. Like, I am all for that. Uh, Naito and fill-in-the-blank, anybody, MJF, whatever. (laughs) We're getting Jay White and MJF, the two biggest heels on their respective brands, in a promo off. Like, I'm, I love that. And I love that all these promotions can work together. Like, I don't know why WWE can't do something like that, but it would be it, it would be awesome. It would get a lot more eyes on the product. You know, this would also make our uh, resident New Japan expert Zach uh, just salivate. I can I can hear him just 
rubbing his hands from up here. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it is one of those things where, like you said, it's great to see that wrestling organizations can get together and say, hey, let's put on a show together. Let's do some partnership deals together because that would just be awesome. And I think that, you know, New Japan and Ring of Honor, they did that for a long time, and we got some really good matches out of that. Jeez uh, Louise, I mean, you mentioned a lot of the names on there. Uh, one name that I'm hoping that they get brought, that they would bring into AEW or have that over in Japan would be one Kota Ibushi. Oh, boy. I mean, you throw, again, another person that you can kind of fill in the blank for, for here, but I really would love to kind of see Kota Ibushi versus... Oh man! Pentagon. Pen- oh yes, yes. You have done. You've done that very well. Or Kota Bushi versus Neville when he get pocked. I'm sorry. When he gets back, that would be oh, awesome. Yeah, yes, and and Orange Cassidy versus. You know, I just want to see how Minoru Suzuki would react to the match with Orange <laughs> Cassidy <laughs> and Moxley versus Suzuki again because. Why not? Because that match was just freaking ridiculous at Wrestle Kingdom, I think it was this year. Sorry, mm-hmm. Zach, hit me up. Let me know, bro. Wow. Uh, we can sit here and fantasy book this all day, but, oh, man, do we have to talk about it? Um, I'm trying to think if there was any more positive things we had, because we talked about Jeff's new show. Definitely check that out, you guys. And I will tell you this, that I've already talked to Jeff about possibly doing some crossover stuff after... Uh, after being done with war, and it's a possibility. It is a possibility. I've also talked with uh, Ant about getting him on the show, so definitely the wheels are in motion. Definitely in the next couple weeks, definitely check out Sunday Conversation, which will feature myself, SoCalVal, and I can definitely say that someone on the War Network will be a part of that. Um, It's going to be a very interesting show, but honestly, it's going to be a fun, fun show. I've literally been telling... Uh, Val was just asking me, what are we going to talk about? I said, like, I'll think of something. Otherwise, we're probably just going to shoot the breeze like we always do. And she's like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And while we didn't get to talk about it last week, I can spend a little bit of time on NXT TakeOver 31. All right. So before we get into the uh, heap of dump that is uh, 2000, please tell us what happened at NXT TakeOver so- 31. Yeah, before we yin and yang this <laughs> with uh, the good the good and the bad, we had a great NXT TakeOver 31 from the new Capital Wrestling Center, and I love that WWE implemented their history. You know, Capital Wrestling is the territory that would become the WWWF. This is Vince's dad, and I'm not sure if Vince's grandpa had, had a run in this, but this was such a neat little niche for all the history nerds like me we had a great uh a north american title match with uh damian priest and johnny gargano gargano continuing his cosplaying at takeovers he was someone from star wars the clone wars show i never watched it so i i can't really speak to to that one and it was a great back and forth davy and goliath match there was a wicked spot where I think he was going to, uh, Johnny was going to go for the one final beat, but that got countered. Uh, I believe there was like a razor's edge on the ring apron, which was absolutely disgusting. It's the hardest part of the apron. Shout out to the apron bump. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a reckoning. Uh, like he attempted a reckoning, and I think uh, Gargano hit a slice bread number two that would uh, make Brian Kendrick blush. And after all this back and forth match, uh, 
increased hits the south of heaven, couldn't put him away, and then finally the reckoning, the crossroads, whatever you want to call this move. It, w- it was an amazing back-and-forth match. It just hard-hitting, big man, little man. And despite losing, Johnny is still Johnny Takeover. Oh, Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. Now, feelings about Velveteen Dream aside, <laughs> I enjoyed seeing Kushida just beat the shit out of him. Just... I think he was working a little stiffer, you know, knowing all the heat that Dream has with not only the IWC, but probably the main roster. Like, Kushida has a daughter. I don't need to see it say anything more. And in typical Mind Games fashion, I predicted this. Velveteen Dream came out dressed as Doc Brown. <laughs> everyone's serious? like what's with the yellow dishwashing gloves like i'm like look at the hair it's like it's it's freaking christopher lloyd i have a picture of him and the delorean right over there on the wall <laughs> i shared it in the group chat and everyone marked out for it it was funny <laughs> um because i i knew it once once it was kushida it's like yeah he's gonna come out dressed as doc brown he was missing a delorean and maybe like a lab coat but if you're in the Capitol Wrestling Center, which also had its version of the Thunderdome, you could only do so much. Uh, Dream was, oh gosh, Kushida was working the arm the whole time, locking in the hoverboard lock several times, doing all these arm breaker moves, working over it. Dream had one hope spot where he hit the Dream Valley driver, and nah, it was just, he was, ram- uh, Kushida worked the arm, ramming his shoulder into the ring pose, and the fans made up. Uh, uh, recruits shouted one more time at him and he rammed his shoulder in there again then we had the hoverboard lock and that was it Da-da-do. cruiserweight title match Swerve Swerve and Santos Escobar now they put on an absolute clinic now, I will also say uh, this that probably a lot of people that are not too familiar with that maybe you remember their names in Lucha Underground known as uh Kill shot and King Cuerno. Already, that's just like yes. Wait, he was kill shot. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, learned something new there. I still have to hunt down some uh, uh, some Lucha Undergrounds. I would love to review that on the Frontal Media side of things someday. But we had a great back and forth match. Uh, Raul Mendoza and Yaquin Wild. Absent from ringside, but I believe they played a role a little bit later in the match. And we see all these wacky spots, like a a huge Frankensteiner, uh, a picture-perfect 450 splash. And then there was this weird under underhook face buster for the win by Escobar because uh, Swerve kicked out of the Phantom Driver. And no one's kicked out of the Phantom Driver before. Uh, that's Chris Saban's cradle shock and plenty of people have kicked out of the cradle shock but still that was a great great match the, the finish was a little bit off because of that new move but man Io Shirai and Candice LeRae had to put on a great match there was a ref pump and then freaking Gargano he came out in this match with a ref shirt on he tried to fast count Candice but even Io kicked out of that the referee comes to and he's like Give me back my shirt. I didn't take this shirt from you. And just keep going back and forth with the ref. <laughs> and eventually that cost 
that cost Candace, and neither of the Garganos walked out with gold. I thought there was going to be a spot here where they would, and Candace even paid homage to her husband by A, using his entrance theme, and B, using the Gargano escape. The main event. Ooh, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. Have you watched this match yet, Nate? I have not, but I've heard a lot about it, including some very scary things about <laughs> about the possibility of the future between these two. But please, indulge me. Well, they're at Finn Balor suffered a a fra- two jaw fractures. Like he had, a, he put up a picture today in the Capitol Wrestling Center, and he's big and swollen. So he can't do anything for a couple of weeks, but the next takeover isn't until December. So he'll be in the clear. He doesn't have to relinquish another title, thank God. Use the block clause. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, and Kyle Riley broke some teeth. jeez. I mean, Natalia broke some teeth this past week. Kyle Riley broke some teeth a couple weeks ago. Man. Uh, WWE, you really need to at least start small with your insur- insurance deals. See, see if you can at least find a good dentist. I mean, didn't you have one by the name of uh, Isaac Yankum? Come on, man. At least give us. I was some- just gonna say. I mean, Kane is just a phone call away. He can, you know, put on the the lab coat and the little dental glasses and break off the. Yeah, um, yeah. This was just your typical New Japan stiff style match. Wicked back and forth. Uh, there was a spot, a knee in the corner, which spelt uh, out for Finn Balor, and a and a super, I think it was a super kick or, or it was the sling blade that broke Kyle O'Reilly's teeth. Uh, it was just a wicked back and forth match. I think it would have been meant to go to go longer here, but you know, once both those injuries happened, they kind of had to go home, and there was. Uh, a lot of great submission attempts by Kyle O'Reilly. It reminded me of his brief run as the Ring of Honor champion, like just before he signed with WWE. Like he beat Adam Cole, baby, for the title at like Final Battle 2010 or something. But it reminded me a lot of that. And then we saw, you know, the Coupe de Gras, and that was that. This was a stiff, stiff match. They showed appreciation, like I did a handshake and all that deal after the match. But after the match was another story, which unfortunately is not going to get any resolve anytime soon because Ridge Holland comes through the crowd uh, with a prone Adam Cole on his shoulder and just plops him at ringside. And we get the credits roll to the Undisputed Era being tended to by the medical staff. But unfortunately for Rich, did you see Ridge Holland's injury last week? I did not. It was gross. Uh, he was in a stiff AF match with Danny Birch, which, my goodness, give me more of Danny Birch and Tony Morgan, please. One and two. Yeah, actually, yeah, they, they had a match this week with Undisputed Air for the number one contendership, so that's something to look forward to after we, after we leave here. Uh, but there's a spot after the match, you know, he's still beating on Danny Birch. Out comes Oni Lorcan, knocks him out to the ringside, does a dive, and Ridge was supposed to catch him, but his knee just buckled and Ooh. gave out on him. It was a, it looked like a broken ankle, but he like you could tell just right away, just went 
bang, he screamed, and then, you know, Lorcan was meant to continue the beatdown, but oh no, he gets stretchered off, and Ridge, being the tough Brit that he is, just, when he gets carts off during the commercial break, gives a thumbs up to the crowd, so, we ain't gonna see Ridge Holland for a long time, and kind of sucks, because I was digging what he was bringing to the, uh, to the brand. Oh, man. Well, definitely, speedy recovery and best wishes to you, Rich Holland. We definitely do want you to come back and create some more great moments for us in the world of wrestling. Not just WWE, but wrestling, period. Well, friends, I think before we get into... Oh, yes? One, one more thing. Oh, by the way, watch NXT UK. Uh, the British Rounds thing is amazing. Uh, there was a really good match between A-Kid and... Um, Oh my gosh, I can't think of, of the mate's name. Uh, Noam Dar had a really good one. And in a couple of weeks, actually I think it's one week from tomorrow, from when we record, there's that long-awaited, long-anticipated, greatly built-up UK title match between Walter and Ilya Dragunov. And I want Ilya to win so bad. While at the same time, I want Valter to have a Bruno San Martino style run with that belt. But all the vignettes back and forth, you had all the history that Valter and Elia had in Dub X Dub and Progress, all the matches they've had before. It's just so damn good. But NXT UK, the British Rounds Cup. Uh, oh gosh, what's that thing called? Uh, Jermaine uh, and Kate. You can totally help me out with that, please. Uh, but, yeah, watch watch it, man. It's so damn good. <laughs> I definitely will. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into talking about the review that is 2000's uh, Slam Brewery, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we come back. <sighs> we're joining on the good ship Misery. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight, Vance Chapel from The Delight Show, and you're listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Hello, fellow wrestling fans. This is Will Tarashik of the Kings of the Rings podcast, the founder of that podcast, by the way. And if you have some extra money to shell out to support all of Wrestle Addict Radio and our shows, because that's what keeps our shows going for free, ladies and gentlemen, go over to teespring.com and check out our Wrestle Addict Radio fan page with all of our merch, including t-shirts, mugs, coronavirus masks, uh, blankets, mugs again, because everyone loves mugs, t-shirts, I mentioned t-shirts, and anything else you can think of is there with all of our logos for Wrestle Addict Radio, the Kings of the Wings podcast, the Delight Show with Manch Chapel, the Young Lions Perspective, the Game Changer, and more. You can also get exclusive merch from each of us, of course, myself, Willie T, King Ricky Rose, the Queen B, Kate Murphy, and a bunch of other stuff. So go over to teespring.com and su- support our podcast because that's how we do it for free with listener support. So go there, buy a shirt, buy a mug, buy a blanket, buy, 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 buy. And thank you for your continued support for Wrestle Addict Radio. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And if you have just $5 a month, that's right, $5 a month or about 17 cents a day, you can join our Patreon group where you will get exclusive access to shows that you will not get anywhere else, including Wrestle Wars, Watch the Throne, The Secret Files, and the pay-per-view show, just to name a few. Of course, we also have Fretz's Favorite Five and a bunch of other bonus content, as well as 15% off, 15% off of 
any of the merchandise we sell in our Teespring merchandise store. So head over to patreon.com backslash WrestleAddictRadio, all one word, for your chance to be a part of an amazing wrestling community. Hi, this is the K. Murphy, the Queen Bee of Kings of the Rings podcast, and you are listening to the Game Changer podcast right here on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Game Changer podcast. I'm Nate the Effort Great, joined here by Mr. Fretz. And what's really funny is that during that uh, Kate Murphy deal, I just remembered I did actually have one quick story I wanted to tell before we get to talking about Slam Brewery, uh, you know, the summer of turds. 2000. Okay. Um, so this is really weird because I never really get a chance to dream that much nowadays. Maybe it's just because of the fact that I'm stressed or something. But I had like one of those dreams where I was actually uh, doing like a, a jaw, like a jaw off between me and Chris Jericho where we're just like just just doing a lot of banter to each other. And then after the sh- show was over, somehow he got my number. He calls me up. He's like, dude, I love what you get. You bring to the table. We should definitely do this every single time I come into town. <laughs> and I wake up just as we're getting a picture together. And I'm just like, fuck if only that could be real. I want to, I want to be Chris Jericho's boy. <laughs> That's funny. That, that, that is good. <laughs> no, sorry, not sorry. Sammy Guevara. <laughs> oh, the sex gods. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, it is going to be kind of funny. If he ever listens to this show and I just see him again at like an AEW event, I would love to just see him be like, are you vying for Chris Jericho's attention? It's like, yeah, I think he's awesome. You don't deserve him as much as I do. <laughs> Who doesn't? Well, fair enough. All right. So with that out of the way, from dreams to nightmares, that was probably the best segue that I could really describe this. It is Slamboree 2000, but whenever we do a review... It is time for us to go into that whoop, 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 way back machine with Mr. Fretz. Mr. Fretz, do you have anything for us to discuss when it comes to 2000? Please, for the love of God, please tell me that we had something good. Well, I'll give you something good, but you have to go seek it out for yourself because I talked about this show briefly on the May 2000 episode of the 20 Bell Salute on the Wrestle Attic Radio Patreon. Now, for those of you who didn't notice, for a little bit of time earlier this year, after COVID really hit the fan, I put my stuff up on our Patreon for free. So, Slamboree 2000 slash Judgment Day 2000 should be somewhere on the Wrestle Attic Radio Patreon, and I believe it might be free. Nice. But I, I am I am now back on the $5 tier. I have actually recorded the 20 Bell Salute for this month, which includes Halloween Havoc 2000 and No Mercy 2000. But I have to re-record it because I'm like, ah, I don't like a few things that I said in the movies. But we'll talk about that when we get to the movies of that. So seek it out. 20 Bell Salute. Cheap plug. All right. Fair enough. And, and, ex- and excuse me, if we have to talk about this, I need a little bit of extra help. Yeah, definitely, my friends, get all that help you can get, because Slamboree 2000 was a show produced by WCW World Championship Wrestling. took place on May 7th in 2000, Kansas City, Missouri, at the Kemper Arena. Why does that sound so familiar? Uh, Because a year before, we had one of the most heartbreaking moments in all of wrestling history. I defy anybody to argue with me on that. Because we've talked about it on the show 
the show earlier this year, we did a review show on a Dark Side of the Ring episode on that. I definitely invite everybody to go find it. It is definitely one of those things where we talk about the Dark Side of the Rings episode of the late, great Owen Hart. So definitely check that out, you guys. It's something that is worth listening to. Also, if you get the chance to watch the Owen Hart episode, you will cry. I'm just saying that right now. So that is something that... Yep, that... God, I... I think that was one where I just, I think I actually said that on the show, that it was one of the first few times where I didn't know Owen Hart, but I actually just like sobbed and wailed at this show because everything that they talked about just made me, it just hurt hurt my heart. And I'm very glad that we get to show support to the Owen Hart Foundation because we did get our Owen Hart shirts and they're really awesome. I almost wore mine, but the uh, first one I grabbed was the Game Changer podcast shirt, and that <laughs> totally wasn't by accident. Yes, yeah, it's really funny because I'm wearing I'm wearing ours that represents the brand, the brand being, you know who it is, <laughs> with a, with an attendance of seven thousand one hundred sixty five. Wow, this is definitely one of those things that's showing that WCW is slowly bleeding. I mean, oh god. <laughs> I'm very curious to see how much further this could go down, but let's talk about this damn effing show. Um, so we kick off the show with Chris Candido defending his Cruiserweight Championship against the artist. I'm not even going to give the dude his name because he does not deserve to be recognized during this matchup. Oh my god. Also, uh, props to Tammy Lynch for doing her best Val Venus impersonation question mark she did sunny as val venus um she got the state wrong she's like so this is kansas city missouri so isn't this known as the show me state i thought that was kansas unless val venus did the exact same promo in uh in kansas Kansas City, yeah, I'm confused. You Americans in your damn city names confusing <laughs> me up here. And, and Cyberg, there is no way that Prince Iakea or Chris Candido are cruiserweights. These lads are enormous. Yeah, this is one of those matches where if anybody was to tell me, I want to watch a good Chris Candido matchup, should I watch the one from Slamboree 2000? I'll be like, no, God, no, save yourself. You watch his stuff from ECW, namely his matches with Lance Storm. Well, shocker enough, he does make a cameo in the show, which he had no right to, but we'll discuss that a little bit later on in the show. Um, this matchup, oh God, this this is one of those matchups where it was just so painful to watch. I mean, the artist does like a suplex on the outside to Chris Candido. No, no, he actually doesn't. He 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 throws basically throws Chris Candido from. From in the ring to the outside and doesn't even take the bump properly. He just holds on the rope. He's like, no, I'm not doing it. It's like, fuck you. Dude, you you literally are hurting Chris Candido. This this dude deserves so much better. Um, oh God, I, I don't even want to go too much further into this. Do you have anything uh, to even add about this matchup other than the botch at the end? Yeah, I got uh, Paisley was in this match, and uh, that is Charmel, the manager of uh, the Fartist, formerly known as Prince Ayakea here, coming out to a really, 
really crap version of Purple Rain, and it made me think of that YouTube video of the same name. Uh, and Mark Madden, I this guy's worse than Jerry Lawler when it comes to commentary, especially oh. towards the women. I prefer the the bleach blonde bimbo look. N- no, no. And then there's a uh, can't fight, can't fight with uh, Charmel and Sonny here. Uh, Sonny goes for a chair shot. No, was it Charmel goes for a chair shot? And no, no, it, it, it was Sonny. She goes for like a chair shot on. Uh, it's funny. I love how OSW calls call Charmel parsley, not paisley. <laughs> that's yeah. That's uh, that's Steve. Steve V one. Uh, oh yeah, OSW so good. I started watching this show in its entirety. I got about halfway through. And said, "Sod it! I'm going to watch OSW review instead because Jay, Steve, and Steve are so darn good." And one of the OSW lads does a Twitch stream, um, and it's it's very entertaining. Shout out to OSW! Uh, <coughs> yeah, there's a chair shot here. There's like a false finish. A pile driver on the floor is denied. Uh, Candido hits the blonde bombshell. No, not the super bomb, but the diving headbutt for a win. Yikes. And I don't even want to talk about this next match. Just... Ugh. So, ugh. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so we have Terry Funk defending the Hardcore Championship. And people have booked it as a handicap match. People say it's a triple threat matchup. Um, I'm also going to state this. This is one of those things where I might get a little bit of flack for this. I kind of do like the design of the WCW Hardcore title over the WWE Hardcore title, just because, obviously, the WWE Hardcore title was literally a championship that they thought, well, this title just got smashed, so let's make it into something out of it. But then you go to the WCW Hardcore Championship, the design looks really cool. It really does. And, yes, it is one of those things where it's like, oh, they're capitalizing off of WWE stuff. Yeah, but the pro- there's one problem. WCW does not have the one thing that made that Hardcore title great in WWF. What? Crash freaking Holly. Fight me. So, yeah, this matchup, we see Terry Funk, Norman Smiley. They fight, they go into a bathroom, and then Norman Smiley sees this guy dressed up in the, the, the hockey thing, and blah, blah, blah. Um, there comes a point where uh, Terry Funk is actually tossing chairs at Norman Smiley, and they're not even folding chairs. They're, they're kind of random chairs that are built like, with with the with the metal stuff at the bottom and it's like a weird cheap plastic for the butt butt in the back. He's literally tossing them and every single one of them, the metal part is just hitting Norman Smiley. It's like, oh geez, that's no, stop. There's a botched scoop slam by Terry Funk, which oh god, that was painful. Um we see the person you see that person that was dressed up in the hockey gear, he's beating down Terry Funk. He's doing this deal where he's just repeatedly hitting him with a trash can lid, and Terry Funk is no-selling it. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, They fight into the arena, and then they're fighting, and then the rampway. We have the mystery deal revealed. It's Ralphus! Oh my god, a saving grace in this matchup. Ralphus, for those of you that might not know, was a WCW truck driver, but you may remember him more for his stint with Chris Jericho when he was having that feud with Goldberg. That was some of his best work, and this one is okay, to say the least. Um, yeah, Terry Funk wins this. Not much more I can say about it, other than, wow, they just bled that hardcore division dry. 
and we saw a lot more of Ralphus than we ever wanted to. Oh, God. And I'm a fat, I'm a fat dude, and that was gross. <laughs> um, please keep your shirt and pants on, Ralphus. I literally <laughs> took a shit during this match, so um, I and I could just hear it from my living room. I'm like, uh huh, yeah, okay. Okay, good. I don't have to take that many notes. But yeah, at least having Ralphus still around post Jericho, it's a little funny. It's still enter- it it's still entertaining to me. Like Ralphus, rest uh, rest in peace. Uh, we learned we just learned recently that he passed away like a year ago. But oh man, uh, he he made it entertaining but terry funk there with the hardcore division uh there's a match here i think against like candido it actually takes place at a ranch and he gets shoot kicked by a horse <laughs> right in the head like, it, it's, it's like, like you just see the horse's ass uh and then it's just like it it kind of scurries and kicks i've been bucked off a horse it effing hurts but to be kicked by it i don't have to ask my aunt because she has a horse farm and yikes uh oh and speaking of yikes oh no <laughs> that's right oh gosh I, I i know the next matchup after this and it's gonna this is gonna just these next two matches are just literally gonna be like wrestling is slowly dying some people say that wrestling died in Milwaukee. No. Oh, God. Yeah, this is Sean Stasiak's entrance theme. That literally changes around like three notes. The, the attempt at the new blood becoming like the new the new Mr. Perfect, the new Total Package, the new... It was funny when Damien Sandow did it as Macho Mandow and Curtis Axel with Axelmania, brother! Uh, I also say this, this that one that was even funnier was uh, Charlie Haas when he was going through that like character confusion phase and one of the things he did was the Mr. Perfect deal and at the end he's like, I guess there was only one. Mr. Perfect, because he sucked at everything. He's like, it's funny, at least. At least he's admitting the fact that he's not going to bury, you know, Mr. Perfect or anything like that. Shout, shout out to Charlie Haas for being awesome. Uh, yeah, this matchup was uh, literally uh, Sean Stasiak saying, like, hey, I can do rest holds on Mr. Perfect. Um, okay. Rest hold. Okay. Rest hold. I'm I'm done. Yeah, um, the ripoff theme. LOL. Just like everything else in WCW had, like the ripoff themes from like popular songs. Uh, yeah, literally here, Sean Stasiak uh, pressed A and B and No Mercy, a game I'm talking about on November's Twenty Belt Salute. Listen Ooh. for that. Uh, and he beats Mister Perfect clean as a whistle with his own move uh, what I think it was around this uh, after this match with uh, oh I'm not gonna even say his name uh, I tapped out and went to OSW <laughs> my real name is Hugh 
G-rection, and he said it with a straight face. I mean, Bill DeMott, uh, controversy aside, I got to give him credit for being able to say that without laughing. Uh, Hugh G-rection. <coughs> that freaking Peter Griffin there would just start laughing or you'd get like a giggity. But this, that is sad. God. Misfits in action, bro. Oh my gosh. The only person that could probably make that actually popular, and I'm giving her a shot right now, is is Demon, is our friend Diva Diva, Issa. She could be the only one that could make that name somehow work, because I think she knows how to make, you know, any kind of wood work. Also, check her stuff for Ladywood, because it's awesome. She's got a shirt. It's, it's amazing. Cheap plug. Um, yeah, huge G-rection is challenging Scott Steiner for the WCW United States Championship. It was supposed to be Scott Steiner versus Booker T, but Booker T got injured and we got this match. Oh, I'm sorry, it's Captain Hugh G. Rection. Like, that makes a difference. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I swear, this is one of the second times I'm going to have to put, well, one of the few times I'm definitely going to be putting down an explicit content because I am so pissed off at this event. Why did I, This is a true horror horror movie, if ever I've seen one. Um, nothing really much you could say about this. Skyner got the win. I mean... Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? Random Skank interferes, uh, which is probably one of her... one of his, his freaks. And Freakzilla... Something, something, Steiner math. There, I'll give this, there's one wicked spot here. I don't know who hit it. It might have been Steiner. There was like a reverse tombstone here. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. It was, I think it was by Captain Erection here. He, uh, he hits like the Owen Hart tombstone, like with not, not quite to the way that he hit it, but it looked like a really great version of the Rikishi driver or the greetings from Asbury Park. So that was good. You know, Hugh Morris... He could go. He could go. Like, he was a big fellow, like a 300-pound, you know, he's like a short, chubby guy like me, but he can pull off a picture-perfect moonsault. I mean, IRL, he's a dick bag, but, man, I, I, I can't discredit his, his work in the ring. He was a great wrestler, unfortunately, near the end of his career. And as I've been going through well, speed rating through WCW for the Tony Bell salute. Uh, I've been noticing the the rise and fall and whatever here. Like I'm at Hacksaw. I'm in October, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan to- joins Team Canada. I th- I think they actually showed it in this uh, in this event. There was like some random deal where Lance Storm appears on the show. And he's got this very hot blonde, and then there's Hacksaw Jim Duggan, or whatever the hell his name is in this in this deal. It's like, ah, just just end me, <laughs> end me now. I hate this. Yeah, the I'm a proud, proud patriotic Canadian, especially when it comes to our athletes and our wrestlers. Hacksaw Jim Duggan had no place in Team Canada because, like, one week he's like, Oh, USA! I'll respectfully chant USA with you, unless you're facing a Canadian, then I'll sod you. But (laughs) that was so out of place and so dumb. Like, they might as well have had Hacksaw Jim Duggan join La Resistance. Oh my gosh, imagine if that happened, yikes. Oh my Uh, gosh. 
can we get can we get the proper Team Canada from TNA and La Resistance for that 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 I'd be okay with because at least there there'd be some common ground and you know something called a little bit of talent. Honestly, some people might disagree with me. I think La Resistance definitely was a talented tag team. They just got broken up way, way too early. There was so much more. They could, there was so much field that they could have gone with that gimmick. Yeah, I think one of them had problems. Uh, so long. Oh no, they just had, they just brought in Robert Conway for some reason. Then Rene Dupree was too good, so they gave him Fifi and La Resistance, or as the UK version of the Ruthless Pod calls them, the Bell Ends and the Shit Shirts. Mm-hmm. Shout out to. Uh, Dave and uh, oh, I, I don't even know his name. Their, their names, but <laughs> yeah, the, the UK Ruthless Pod. Not mm. to be confused with uh, Levi and Kyle and all them on on our end here. Who I, I hope come back soon. Jake, I... Jake, good old Jake R. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Steiner wins this. Booker T comes out to beat down Scott Steiner, which is a sign of things to come because they would fight each other at the last Nitro ever in WCW history, so there's that. Okay. I think this is gonna I think it's slowly gonna get better. But we'll see. Um Mike Awesome versus Who Better Than Chris Canyon Mike Awesome tried to be the Undertaker during this matchup with literally very little to no build when he did that dive. He just decided, Oh, we're two big men. Let's have one of us be like an X Division star. Yeah, no. No no. And what it made it even better. There, I'm going to tell you this right now. This, this should not even been slamboree. This should have been t- the tagline for this show should have been, "Hey, we're going to do a lot of fights on the outside. Refs can make a call when it comes to whether we get disqualified or not. Hey, we say there's rules, but there really isn't. That's what I can describe. This was the epitome of that with Mike Awesome and Chris Canyon. It ends in a freaking no contest because Kevin Nash decides to come in, get involved, and then we had people beat down on Kevin Nash and trying to break his quad. How dare you? He should ha- he should wreck his quad in the safety of his own home. How dare you? Ouch. Yeah, uh, both of these guys just absolutely killed each other. And it's unfortunately that neither of them are, no- are both passed on because these two guys were cut down in their prime. Like, Mike Awesome, I think he died right after his match with Masato Tanaka at uh, One Night Stand. He wasn't much longer after that, but Canyon was a... He has a tragic story in wrestling. You know, he was a closeted uh, homosexual, and it it kind of ate him up inside because you're, in, you're in, in an industry that... Uh, say, at the time, would have not been very accepting and it's it's tragic as canyon was hella talented especially his stuff with uh with wrath like and he had that although it was kind of crap i loved his feud with glacier with uh more as mortis the coolest looking mass in wcw history you bring in wrath you bring in the sinister uh, minister james mitchell it was good this was just nothing but a whole bunch of brawling to the back. Uh, there was a really wicked Alabama slam by Mike Awesome here. I'll give him that. Chris Canyon could always innovate wicked moves into other combinations. They called him something. They used to call him something, an innovator or something. I didn't say 
No, the innovator of violence is Tommy Dreamer, but they always called Chris Canyon an innovator. He was so damn good. Kevin Nash, why the heck are you out there? And why the heck was this match a schmoz? Well, oh, wait, no. Uh, save that for the main event. <sighs> yeah. We go into the next matchup where we have the Toll Package. Lex Luger taking on Buff Bagwell. Who was the true star of this matchup? Liz. And I'm going to tell you why. She was literally backstage with Vince Russo, getting berated because Vince Russo is just like, I own the contract, therefore she's my property. I'm like, oh God, we're going into this kind of story. Oh my, no. Just no. Every single fiber of my body is saying no. But she was able to literally tip over Vince Russo's chair and hit him in the knee with a baseball bat. And all I thought to myself was, oh my God, this is like ready to rumble. She's like the saving grace of this entire show. Literally, he said, being like Sting and you know, David Arquette in them. Except the only thing that was missing was Ed Ferrara being in there and being like, okay, hit me, hit me. And Liz just bonks him in the head with the bat. Oh, imagine that. Uh, Liz is Sasha, except doesn't turn heel. Oh, wait, yes, she does. Oh, gosh. But what can we say about this match? Um, yeah, I will say this, that OSW did like a funny deal where they talked about, how, they talked a lot about WrestleMania 9, where uh, there's a lot of great stuff that happened there compared to what that's coming through now. But I will say this, that one thing I definitely do agree on is how WrestleMania 9's entrance, where he comes out, he's got all the mirrors, and he's just looking, you know, physique-wise, he's looking great. It's just one of those things like, oh, man, this looks like a really cool deal. And this deal, he's got, like, a spotlight on him, and he's just ripping off his shirt and pants like he's a part of Magic Mike, apparently. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kevin Nash, eat your heart out in that movie, man. Yeah, uh... I don't think this match was that bad. I mean, I was a big fan of Buff Bagwell back in the day. Uh, Lex Luger was someone that I thought didn't have a good enough shake in the WWE. He should have won the bloody title at SummerSlam 93. Uh, I'll, I'll die on that hill. The Lex Express was all for nothing. And speaking of OSW Review, uh, they've been going through the Lex Express story arc. And I think they just finished Survivor Series 94. And because, well, uh, the UK is having a lot more uh, quarantining going on, they recorded a whole bunch of crap at once. So they have Rumble 95 and WrestleMania 11 in the can and a couple of Brucey bonus reviews. Uh, by the way, did you catch their history of the world title in 2000 with all the vacancies? I mean, you have that video, the Brian Zane video where he where he does that in 2000. Um just oh my god, the po- the power of vacant and the just amazing historic run that he had throughout this entire year in WCW. It's hard to top that. No wrestler, not even John Cena, can be as powerful as vacant was. Holy shit! Heck, Ric Flair can't hold a candle to vacant. <laughs> but I seriously do want there to be an induction in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame for somebody named Vacant, and it's just literally nothing. <laughs> It's just a little like, uh, oh, what's 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 the word I'm looking for? Um, like the like the blackout. Um, l- l- like it's like it's behind a screen and it, there's like a black figure. Uh, I'm not racist, so shut up. Um, 
Oh God! What what is it called again? A shadowy figure. Yeah. Are, are, are you just, are you thinking about the Invisible Man who had a match of the year with the other Invisible Man, or the Invisible Man versus Orange Cassidy? I mean, probably. I mean, he was probably he that was probably vacant. For all we know, Orange Cassidy had a match of the year quality match with vacant at that point. Vacant also uh, through the pie at Kevin Owens. I do believe that. I I will say that that some people might call that just a you know chaos theory. I think that's true facts. Fight me on that. Uh, oh gosh, it's gonna it's gonna kill me that I don't know what the what the word is. Um, I'll figure it out later. Uh, but yeah, let's text it to me at like three in the morning. <laughs> I will not. Uh, yeah, Lex Luger defeats Buff Bagwell, and it was all for naught because they take Liz away. To continue that storyline, because it works so good to start. Fuck, ugh. Just, mm, no. Whenever whenever they try to get heat by that, by saying like, oh no, this woman is my property. It's like, no, we're not in the freaking 30s, in the 20s. We're not in the dark ages where you can say that. Just, no. Bad Russo, bad. But also one of my, one of my friends remind me, it's like, do you prefer, would you take this or current day WWE? I'm like, you know, that is a fair point. That's actually current really, day. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, it is tough. The only thing that's, the best thing that's happened in current day is that Drew McIntyre is still WWE champion. That is the one thing I will admit is a positive thing that's keeping my beacon of hope of WWE. Also, we do have uh, Roman Reigns as Universal Champion. He's the heel. It's great. Hey, you got variety with both shows. You can't say anything bad about that. Hippity hoppity, women are property. Oh, God. That's that's the gist I got out of this. Uh, no, that's that's uh, Matthew from Botchmania. That's that's his uh, shout out to him and Tom Campbell. Uh, they did a watch along of Rumble '95. Uh, God bless them for it because that show sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> yikes! Uh, speaking of yikes, uh, the franchise versus Nate here. Okay, and why is okay. Nate wrestling in a shirt? I don't know, but I'm going to say this: the highlight of this entire deal is literally Shane Douglas's promo, and then just getting wrecked by Ric Flair immediately after, saying, "I'm going to kick your ECW ass." <laughs> That was poetic justice at it at its oh best. Uh, man, franchise, he always got the short end of the stick. I mean, Dean Douglas, what was that? Uh, that, that? That was worse than Matt Stryker. Matt Stryker was an act, was actually a good teacher and a shoot one at that. But holy crap, <laughs> what is he a franchise of? Shane Douglas is just wrestle crap in a bag, man. I mean, we had that deal where you know um, he was the he had the he had the naturals under his franchise deal. Other than that, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know. He had the New Jersey Triad with uh, Bam Bam Bigel and Chris Candido. Oh shit! You're right. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. No, gosh, he's from Pittsburgh. Oh man, I'm stupid. Did you remember the time he was shown in the crowd on Monday Night Raw? In like 2011 or 12, and he was being a big shit disturber and got kicked out. <laughs> I believe that was Shane Douglas. I really do. That, that, that was worse than the time Enzo crashed a Survivor Series. I remember that. Oh my god, that was that was the that was the best. Shout out to Enzo. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll still suck it, Enzo. I still hate you. I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, main thing that a lot of people remember this matchup is that it saw the return of Ric Flair's son to the matchup, David Flair. Uh, yeah, th- this was really weird because rules were thrown out and... Then there was this one point where a guy in a sting mask, he comes out, and he's just kind of, like, walking around, like, really weirdly, and everybody's just like, what, what's what's going on here? I don't understand what, what's happening here. Uh, then they reveal it's David Flair. Oh, he's turning on his father into, like, no reaction from the crowd. Uh, I, once I saw the sting mask, I was immediately uh, brought to... I think it was in TNA where you see a guy in a sting mask, but he takes off the sting mask to reveal that it's actually sting. Oh God! Yes, yes, that was awesome. <laughs> that was the best. This was terrible. I mean, uh, you had a nice figure four spot with Nate here. Uh, I think Buff Bagwell came out here for some reason, and then the the stupidest reveal ever with. You know, David Flair and his little red rosy cheeks. He's so cute. Uh, yeah, David Flair. Man, speaking of uh, second-generation flocks, I mean, yikes. Oh, and I wrote down here, this is where I started OSW Review because we got this thing versus Vampiro. And this oh, was actually geez. good. This was the highlight of the night for me, was this <laughs> night and this feud. You know what Except for their Human Torch match. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was a thing. Um, yeah, literally, they have been feuding for was it like weeks, maybe a month at least. Because I remember, I think that this was where we were also talking about that um, that that what was it that graveyard match between Vampiro and Sting. I think we mentioned that once or twice. But yeah, Vampiro got like kind of like he had a couple of like I wouldn't say wins. He definitely got some like offense in. But Sting was kind of like the conquering hero. Uh, yeah, he came out the, that way in this too. This was literally Vampiro getting squashed. <laughs> and in the best possible way. Also, no disrespect to Vampiro. I love him in Lucha Underground. He's amazing. Um, this was just one of those things where uh, Vampiro just came out and it's just like, well, what's going to happen? Sting's like, eh, I think I'm just going to just gonna hit you with two Scorpion Deadrocks. And Vampiro's like, yes, I'm going to look strong. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to look strong. Yeah, Vampiro, uh, Canadian, by the way, from Thunder Bay, Ontario. Really? Big, uh, right, right, that's right near Winnipeg, you idiot. Uh, right, right on the uh, northwestern tip of the province. Uh, I've got to give him a big shout-out. Vampiro was really, really good. And this feud is kind of cool because you have, I mean, Crow Sting to me was a little bit more supernatural little bit more taker-esque if you will and vampiro has the same kind of spooky shit gimmick and i'm all for that this was a really cool match sting hits a super power bomb at one point in the match that man chris candido thought i should have used that because that was my finisher in ecw the crowd actually came alive during this match because well it's the stinger the stinger Despite WCW being in the crapper, he is still the biggest draw in the entire company. And this this feud wouldn't be over. We would see after this, you know, the aforementioned graveyard match. We would see the uh, the Human Torch match with 
it reminded me of the time the LOD and Hawk were climbing up the the Titantron and Hawk fell parentheses off of it and Sting's stunt double gets set on fire and knocked off yeah uh no uh DDP and David Arquette interview here and I immediately thought of DDP upside down means pussy <laughs> one of the best lines of that movie also I did figure out what that what what the word I was looking for the silhouette was the word I was looking for yes good stuff <laughs> call call back to about 10 minutes ago <laughs> uh, next up we have edit that yeah uh, it's too late at this point <laughs> I, I already look like an idiot but whatever um Next up, we have Billy Kidman and Hulk Hogan. Okay, maybe maybe this won't be so bad. Uh, Eric Bischoff is the guest referee. Um, okay, Uh-oh. this this, uh, this is going to be interesting, to say the least. Um, I just want to tell everybody this, that think about the amount of timing and planning that they would have to do for, for to go from here to them leaving WCW at Bass of the Beach about a couple months later. Yeah. Um, good luck with that, WCW. Just good luck trying to explain all that. Um, match itself, nothing really to... Uh, poor Billy Kidman. <laughs> That's all I can say about this. Yeah, but to be fair... To be fair, to be fair, Letter Kenny fans, that's for you. Uh, was a cactus that sneaks? I don't know your real real name on Twitter, but big shout out. That'll be for you, Letter Kenny, fellow Canadian, a uh, friend of ours and uh, Danny's. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, before this, Billy Kidman got two or three clean wins on Hogan on Nitro. Just shooting star press clean. And we thought, and it was completely random. Like, how is this former cruiserweight champion, this former flock member who played a heroin addict? Yeah, his finisher was called the Seven Year Itch. He was playing a drug addict. Um, how is this guy, no offense to Billy, getting wins over arguably the biggest name in the history of pro wrestling? I don't freaking no because it came out of nowhere and then like an RKO coming out of nowhere it was just forgotten about shot back down here Horace Hogan came out here and interfered on behalf of Uncle Hulk because of course uh, Hulk hit a powerbomb through the table I have never seen Hulk Hogan use a powerbomb before or after or since this match Maybe in New Japan, because his finisher in New Japan wasn't the leg drop, it was a lariat. But uh, the deal with Horace, I don't know why he was there. This just made no freaking sense. And speaking of no freaking sense... Oh, God. I'm so sorry. I, I really wish that I was paying more... I cared so much about this event, but... I really don't. I was literally looking at like how the attendance records has been going uh, ever since like this point. They don't go to like they don't go. They do not go past it. They literally you see like 
the ten is just dwindling down a little bit. They get a little bit, and then it goes down again. And then there's like somehow a resurgence in this. But um, yeah, the ready to rumble cage match for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to do this. I just forgot about it. After every single matchup, I wanted to at least like list ten things that I would have preferred over David Arquette as WCW champion. I mean, oh boy. I'll throw, I'll throw. I'm just gonna, before we get into this matchup. Let me just throw a couple of things out here. I would much rather see the Divas Championship make a return than have David Arquette as WCW champion. I would much rather have Enzo come back to wrestling than to have David Arquette as WCW champion. I would much rather have John Cena break Ric Flair's record and win 20 world titles than to have David Arquette as WCW champion. The list goes on and on and on. Would I go as far as to say I would like to see Eva Marie coming back? Uh, no, no. That that might be where the line is drawn. I will take David Arquette as WCW champion over Eva Marie making a return. And yes, I have heard the rumors. I don't want to hear it. No, I would rather see Eva Marie come back and win the women's championship than have David Arquette oh, as WCW to champion. I would rather Jinder Mahal have another run at the WWE title. Actually, I want that in real life, please. Please, Jinder Mahal, be the person to beat Drew McIntyre for the mm. title. Uh, I would rather... Oh, let's... I'd much rather see Claire Lynch make a comeback. Remember that name in TNA? Yeah, I'd much rather see that come back than have David Arquette as WCW Heavyweight Champion. I'd rather have Rob Terry come back and challenge for the TNA title. I would rather have... Mm, oh, wait, it already happened. I would, uh, No, I would rather have Cody as AEW World Champion and have a Triple H reign of terror with it. Actually, Cody as a heel doing that, I wouldn't mind. Um, I would rather... Oh, here's, here's one. Here's one. I would rather see the return of Dixie Carter in professional wrestling than see David Arquette as champion. Ooh. I would rather Shane McMahon win the Royal Rumble and beat Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania next year than have David Arquette. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, my just, wa- just watch rather... Helper. Actually, wait, hang on. No, no, I wouldn't go that far. No, th- that was not wrestling related, by the way. That was, like, hockey related. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Just so we can have another huge rant by... Uh, by by her good friend Mance, and to see Kate just have that you know Cheshire Cat grin again, I would rather see Goldberg win every single world title in WWE and just retire with both belts than to have David Arquette as WCW Heavyweight Champion. Okay, uh, I'm not going to go as far as I would rather have you know Goldberg and the Fiend. No, I, I would rather every pay-per-view for the rest of the year end in Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. Ooh, that's a tough one to top. That is Actually, wait. <laughs> I take that back. Excuse me. I would rather... Let's see. I'm looking at my bookshelf. I'm like, what can I make fun of? Because all my wrestling books are good. <laughs> I actually have a book here about the death of WCW and another one about... 
another death of WCW book by Guy Evans, which, by the way, you should totally read. Uh, yeah, um, something, 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 something dark side. All right, I, I think people get the point. I think people get the point. So, setup for this is literally a tag team matchup for DDP's world title, and they say, oh, anybody can win the world title. David Arquette pins Eric Bischoff and becomes world champion, and they have DDP celebrate like he's his best friend or some shit like that. It's like, why? You just lost your world title. And you're, you're playing the bad guy. You're playing the bad guy and ready to rumble. What are you doing? Um, yeah, we get this matchup. It's it's a train wreck. I mean, I will much rather watch every single Lethal Lockdown than watch this matchup again. Even the bad ones. I would rather watch every single Brawl for All than watch this match again. Oh, I will take a resurgence of Aces and Eights than have this matchup and have David Arquette as WCW Heavyweight Champion. Uh, and Claire Lynch. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, Jeff Jarrett wins because David Arquette turns heel because that makes a lot of sense. I mean, literally, DDP just gave you the title, so therefore, yeah, I'm going to screw you for reasons. Again, that makes so much sense. But then again, it's wrestling. It's not supposed to make sense to everybody. But it's supposed to make sense to at least a good majority of the crowd. Ugh. This was a tough show to get through, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's see. Holy crap, this blows. David Arquette wins the title. And, and no, he wins it on Thunder. The secondary match on Thursday nights that nobody watched <laughs> because it went opposite SmackDown. Brett's, I watched I, all... <laughs> Brett's, I love you, but you should know the fact that I didn't mention Thunder is showing you how much of a shit I give about him winning the world title. <laughs> Exactly, and I used to watch a lot of Thunder because I got TBS when I was a kid. I never got UPN, so I didn't watch SmackDown until it became on the Canadian Sports Networks in like 2003. Uh, The first SmackDown I ever watched, uh, by the way, featured a six-man tag team match between Team Angle uh, and Brock Lesnar and I forget who, but it was really good. It was July 03. Um, there was a spot here, which I will give credit to. Yes, I'm giving credit to a part in this match. Uh, the cage side collapses with an Irish whip, and it's like there's just a gaping hole, so it's just doom right below. Uh, David is just hanging around. Uh, and Mike Awesome here just being an absolute twat eating the diamond cutter but bumping on his back so it looks like he took the rude awakening and not the diamond cutter douche uh what i thought was kind of cool was you know the triple tiered cage and there was a guitar room and jeff jarrett gets the guitar out never draws a dime uh and then our cat turning heel and his response on nitro shit up uh mark Madden marks out, and oh, do we have to, to say what Mike Awesome did? Because it was incredibly distasteful, uh, oh. gro- gross, right. and as an absolutely poor taste in the arena where Owen Hart fell to his death. They do a top of the cage throw off through the entranceway 
part with Canyon and Mike Awesome, and they treat it like Canyon broke his back. He came out to Nitro in a back race. Just a tone deaf. Yes, just tone deaf move here. It was. I, I Bret Hart. If Bret Hart was there, which he probably would. No, he was already retired. He was done. Goldberg kicked his head off. Yep. I walked out right there. Quit. That's it. Fuck you guys. Oh. Yeah, this has been a Slambury review for WCW 2000. This was a What's your bright spot from this? Is there any? <laughs> um, honestly, other as far as match-wise, fuck no. There is literally... So much garbage in this matchup. Like I said, it literally feels like a brawl for all throughout the entire deal. Everybody's fighting in the crowd. Everybody's using weapons. Referees are just kind of like deciding whether or not to disqualify a person. There was one point where somebody did a low blow. Referee Mickey Henson is looking at it, and he has to act like, oh, did you give him a low blow? It's like, did your brain just shut off for a minute or something? What just happened? This, no. Oh, this was so stupid. I I knew that the main event was going to be bad, but the rest of the card itself, when you have su- such great names like Kurt Henning, freaking Chris Candido, Ric Flair, Sting, and all you can really think about th- this is that, well, Ric Flair got a really good jab on Shane Douglas, or Liz got to beat up Vince Russo, which is everybody's fantasy nowadays because they just want to see Vince Russo get in pain. Not to the point of death. We're not going down the Jim Cornette route, but... To the point where at least he feels pain and he feels bad about what he did, which I highly doubt he does because he's 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 tripping, bro. Thank God for Matt Riddle and him being able to redeem the term, bro. That's all. That's all. That's all I got to say about yeah, that, so bro. Uh, yeah. Uh, controversy aside, from Matt Riddle, um, I I next week. I award us with a palate cleanser with Halloween Havoc 93. Do you mind if I run through the card here? Oh, please do. I need something to look forward to. So we have, um, I was going to see if this is who I think it is. Uh, cause there's a, you have ice train, Ahmed, Charlie, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, there's a wrestler named Charlie Norris and I'm trying to figure out, if it's Ahmed Johnson. But Ice Train, Charlie Norris, and the Shockmaster versus Harlem Heat and someone named The Equalizer. Paul Orndorff and... Oh, hello. Where is my internet going? Uh, Paul Orndorff versus... Okay, Charles Norris. He was in WCW. Nope, it's not Ahmed Johnson. But we got Ice Train, Charlie Norris, and the Shockmaster. Yes, that Shockmaster. Versus Harlem Heat and someone named... The, oh, Dave Sullivan. Okay. Paul Orndorff versus Ricky Steamboat. Oh, oh, here's one. William Regal versus the British Bulldog for the TV title. Ooh. Dust, Dustin Rhodes versus Stunning Steve Austin. The Nasty Boys versus Buff Bagwell and Two Cold Scorpio. Sting and Sid... Rick Rude and Ric Flair, and in the main event, a Texas death match with Vader and Cactus Jack. Bro, how does that sound? 
I think that we're in for a fun, fun show going into next week. And plus, I mean, we're two weeks away from Halloween. But it's just one of those things where it's like, well, now at least we got something positive to look forward to. So definitely looking forward to that. I think it's definitely, as you said, a palate cleanser of all the crap that we just had to do with this episode. Honestly, this might be the most miserable podcast I may have ever recorded because when it came when it comes to wrestling, WCW in 2000 has a lot of misses and very few hits. This was a major like like the the ball's already gone, you're still trying to hit hit air. It's like, dude, you're you're not even you're not even hitting anything. I, it's still coming. It's still coming. The, the ball's literally right here. Everybody's gone home. No, it's still coming. It's still coming. I'm just going to leave you here to your, do your thing. And he's literally just still there at the baseball field just waiting for something to happen. And guess who is the batter? Oh, it's Vince Russo. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, as this, this one sucked. I don't think it's the worst from WCW 2000. Uh, that might be, I don't know, New Blood Rising, but I'd ask Mance because uh, in uh, the Gift of Podcast... Uh, in past Gift of Podcasts, uh, he reviewed all of this, and he retired for the first or second time right before he was going to end the WCW story arc, so I am going to be talking about sin and greed in the new year on, well, my own side of things, on the 20 Bells, but oh boy, I might actually do one of those pay-per-views as a standalone because... Uh, who was it? The Ruthless Guys did Sin, and oh my gosh, that sounded bad. <laughs> it was a sin to create that show. It was even a bigger sin to watch it. God help us. Alright guys, I think we are going to wrap up this edition of the Game Changer Podcast. It's time for the cheap, 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 cheap plugs. Have your best Mick Foley thumbs up smiles, because it's that time again. Alright, so... If you want to check out our show, as well as all of the other great shows that are part of Wrestle Attic Radio, including Kings of the Rings, the Young Lions Perspective, as well as the Delight Show, you can definitely check us out on every single platform that you can imagine for, for podcasting, which includes some of the big ones, iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, you name it. We are basically there. Just type in Wrestle Attic Radio and you will find us there. When it comes to merchandise, we got shirts, we got hats, we got little onesies for the kidlets. So much great stuff. Just absolutely great. Definitely check out the Wrestle Attic Radio store. So much that's going to be go, going on for that. And it's just a lot of great stuff that you'll see on the merch deal. Mr. Fretz, your turn to plug. Yeah, uh, just on my uh, on my side of things, uh, the 20 Bell Salute is going to be coming on the Patreon uh, sometime this month, uh, the Francis Faye Five. You'll hear that on the Patreon as well. I got a couple in the can for the next little while on my spooktacular Treehouse of Horror Halloweeny whatever kind of theme, and my personal page Anchor.fm slash Fartsalmania F R E T Z L E Mania. I've been rebooking 1995. It's something that was part of my former blog. And I'm going to bring it into podcasting form. And if you thought WCW 2000 sucks, look at WWE 1995. Trying to rebook that is, uh, that's a challenge. (laughs) No, I'm not rebooking WCW 2000. 
that would be if you gave me a $50 tier. Oh, boy. I think that would be very interesting. Maybe that's something that I should consider looking into. Maybe. Then I have to watch a lot of OSW reviews on that, as well as maybe some Delight Show. Delight Show stuff to at least get an idea of everything that's going on. We'll see. Maybe that's going to be something for 2021. But uh trying to think if there's anything else that we need to plug, because we've already plugged the merch store, we plugged the Patreon, which is five, 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 five dollars just to be a tier. Um, yep, we got the WrestleMania radio stuff going on. Uh, major shout out again to one of our uh, platforms for podcasting, Ambiguous Productions, because Willie T, you're the man. Uh, definitely check out that stuff, you guys, because it is honestly a really great place where it's going to sh- really create a great forum. For a lot of podcasting networks to be a part of. So definitely check that out. It's going to be awesome. Um, definitely check out us on our Twitter feed. At the Legendary JF. At Real FN Game. Uh, we do have two weeks. Until the final war episode. Of the Game Changer Podcast happens. Looking forward to hearing a lot of your questions. Whether it's something that's you know wrestling related. Or just something that's in pop culture deal. We want to make it a very memorable show. And we want to do in a way where we can say thank you to you guys for all the support. So with that being said, Fretz, this has been, again, one of the more, <laughs> probably one of the more miserable shows that we've had. At least we started on a high note. It just one of those things where just like WCW 2000, it just started to dwindle away and just fade into, you know, a point of obsolete. <laughs> yeah, that, this sucked. Uh, for future reference, I'm not doing... 2000s WCW ever again. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> at least for us. At least for us. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. That that's a f- fair deal. All right. So that being said, he's been Mr. Fretz. I've been Nate the F and Great. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Stay 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 positive. Wash your hands. Be courteous to others. Be respectful, and just know that no matter how big and how small an act you do, you can make a difference in somebody's life. Thank you guys so much. Talk to you next week. Oh, God. I Give me a Cal- Carolina Reaper pepper right now because I need it above this right now. This has been a Russell Attic Radio branded podcast. Bienvenido a AutoZone. ¿Con qué proyecto te podemos ayudar? ¿Recoger una orden online? Claro, por cierto, tenemos más opciones para comprar además de recoger en la tienda el mismo día como la entrega gratis en tu auto. Y si no quieres salir de casa, hacemos entrega el día siguiente gratis. Y puedes ordenar hasta las 10 de la noche. En AutoZone hacemos tu trabajo más fácil. Entrega al día siguiente disponible en compras de más de $35. Restricciones y detalles en AutoZone.com. AutoZone.